nothing, with the windows open to the warm morning air. She wondered whether to try calling Adam. She'd love to hear how the children were, and he often worked late. But he would be pissed if she woke him. Better not to take the risk. Inside the terminal, the same listless agent was sitting in her cubicle. She looked as if she'd come direct from her boyfriend's bedroom. She hadn't time to brush her hair, much less take a shower. She yawned as Morgan approached, failing to cover her mouth with her hand. There was a speck of cigarette ash on the front of her khaki blouse. What is the purpose of your visit? The same as it was when I tried to get through on Tuesday. Business. I'm a United States diplomat. The girl shrugged. The name of your father? Robert E. Lee Ashfield. Mother. Sherry Ashfield. Her mother. Janet Jones. You are Jewish? No. Have you ever been an Israeli citizen or resident? No. Saying nothing, she stamped Morgan's passport. With a dismissive tilt of her head, she indicated she could continue. Just in front of Morgan, a group of aid workers was talking loudly in English about the effects of Israel's blockade of Gazan imports. Morgan hung back, as one by one they pushed through the heavy, full-height steel turnstile at the back of the hall. Beyond, at the end of a short corridor, lay a walled, open courtyard. It looked as if there was no way out, although on the far side there was a thick metal panel set into the wall. Morgan stood and waited, hoping these unsought companions wouldn't try to start a conversation with her. If we're lucky, someone will spot us on the CCTV screens and this will slide open, one of the aid people said, pointing to the panel. He seemed to be addressing one of his colleagues, a tall, earnest-looking girl with a long, mousy ponytail. Morgan presumed she must be making her first visit. This is it, the gateway to Gaza. Several minutes passed, and nothing happened. Morgan's cell phone rang, and she glanced at the number before answering. Muhammad. Is okay, she said. Today, no problem. You can go. I call you Sunday before I come back. At last, the panel opened, then closed again after they had all passed through. They still had to trudge down a long, covered passageway on the far side. But here, there were porters to carry her bag, urchins competing for the chance to make a few shekels. At its end... They waited to have their passports stamped at a Palestinian Authority security check, then emerged at a sandy parking lot on open ground, the watchtowers and fortified gray wall 500 yards behind them. On either side of the lot was devastation, smashed, blown-out buildings, and seemingly random wreckage. What's this? the neophyte aid worker asked. What the hell happened here? She sounded Canadian. This is what's left of the Beit Hanun industrial zone, her colleague replied. The militants were using it as a rocket base, so the Israelis blew it up. Say farewell to the Gazan economic miracle. Morgan looked away, and then, on the far side of the lot, she caught sight of a huge, unshaven Palestinian, his skin the same color as his warm brown eyes. He was smoking a cigarette, lounging against a Corolla. Akram, she said. Her face lit up. Akram was Abdel Nasser's driver, 
a jovial father of six. He hurried toward her and bowed. Habibi, assalamu alaikum, kif alek. Alaikum salam, it's good to see you, Akram. Alhamdulillah, I am fine. They walked back to his car and got into it. Omar, one of Abdel Nasser's bodyguards,